passion, drive, and patience. What brings home the winning trophy is also what keeps your ride or die alive. eBay Motors is everything you need to maintain your vehicle and level it up to peak performance. From superchargers, roof racks, exhaust kits, LED lights, and more, whether you're into speed, power, or style, eBay Motors has you covered. With over 122 million parts for your number one ride or die, you'll always find exactly what you're looking for. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, your part is guaranteed to fit your ride every time or your money back. Because with eBay Motors, you're burning rubber, not cash. With all the parts you need at the prices you want, it's easy to turn your car into the MVP and bring home that win. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. I feel like... I feel like I owe everybody an apology. For months, maybe even a full year, I've come out here and spoke as Roman Reigns, and I said a lot of things, you know? I said that I'd be here every single week. I said I'd be a fighting champion. I said I was gonna be consistent, and I said I was gonna be a workhorse, but that's all lies. It's a lie because the reality is my real name is Joe. And I've been living with leukemia for 11 years. And unfortunately, it's back. And because the leukemia is back, I cannot fulfill my role. I can't be that fighting champion. And I'm going to have to relinquish the Universal Championship. When Ryan's when it's time to begin, it's on the rewind around with John Pollock and waiting the A team that makes sense that these things we see in the ring every week on TV. It's rewind around for Monday night, download a Tuesday morning from the post wrestling site. It's rewind around for Monday night on USA now on the John and Way take the mic. Hello everybody, welcome to Rewind a Raw. It's John Pollock here alongside Waiting. Wait, how are you doing tonight? I'm doing okay, but I think the, the better question is, how are you doing today? Today has been a very, very, very busy day. Um, there's there's just a lot that's been going on uh, uh, personally. Uh, first of all, this Monday was supposed to be uh, this day where I was having a bunch of work done at my house. So it required uh, evacuating said house, uh, taking the child uh, to my parents' house, and then coming back. Um, on top of this, uh, obviously, a, a much more uh, pressing issue is that they, we actually had a, a death in the family over the, over the last couple of days. So that's going on as well. It, it's been a, a very, very uh, crazy day, uh, a crazy Tuesday as well coming up. But I'm here. I have seen the show. We have lots to discuss. How was your day, Way? Uh, my day, my day was a bit more typical. I'm very sorry to hear that, um, John. I hope. Uh, oh, thank you. You've been uh, okay. People in your family have been okay uh, dealing with this. Appreciate you making it here because uh, I, I wouldn't have expected it actually. Well, we have a lot to discuss because uh, this was definitely a, a very, very, I would say, emotional edition of Raw. Is that the best word we can use to describe it? Absolutely. Yes. So that's where we're going to start. Um, because there's a lot of news uh, to get into, and I will uh, 
share what, what I can add to a bunch of stories uh, that are going on. The big one being Roman Reigns and the start of Raw that I think caught everybody by surprise. Um, for those that were unaware, Roman Reigns was not at his advertised appearances over the weekend at the house shows. And thus, I think that people were wondering, is he injured? What is the issue with Roman Reigns? I actually inquired about this on Monday afternoon. And the response I got was that whatever was going on with Roman Reigns, it was going to be addressed at the very start of Raw. But I had no heads up about what the issue was. And I think it was a very, um, you know, closely guarded secret what was going on and uh, what the issue was. And the revelation that, Uh, He is battling leukemia, something that he was diagnosed with 11 years ago, which is something I never knew. I don't think he has ever spoken about that. And it's back. It's a very, very unfortunate story. Relinquishing the universal title and gone indefinitely. Um, You know, first of all, everyone concerned about uh, his health, hoping that this is something that he can uh, just physically recover from much much less his wrestling career which i think is secondary to the man's health 100 percent. yeah i mean i think we're uh you know we 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 spend pretty much our our all of our time talking about the man's career but beyond any of that this man is a father of three um and probably you know beloved by many people beyond uh uh anybody re- related to i think uh his wrestling career so that is definitely number one yeah, and definitely one of the most emotional segments I think we have ever seen on Raw. And I hate to even compare it, but it's probably going to draw comparisons to uh, Daniel Bryan. That would be the last one I could think of that generated this kind of emotion from people. But to me, it's so different when you're talking, of, not even com- comparing, but I mean, it's just, you know, it's it's a guy dealing with leukemia. It's just a horrible, horrible story that you hope... The, that he's okay from it. And, you know, on the other end of things, I mean, this is this is their number one guy. It's mm-hmm. a huge blow to the company. And and what happens in the wake of this? I think you saw in the closing segment one thing that they're moving forward with in terms of uh, with Seth Rollins and Dean Ambrose, the change to Crown Jewel. I mean, this is going to have a, a big, big effect on, on the WWE, maybe beyond just what we saw tonight. Completely. Yeah. And I'm sure we'll kind of talk about all that. Uh, maybe uh, a lot of the decision making that's come as a result of uh, news like this uh, as we get into the review. All right. I just want to go over a few news items away and feel free to uh, chime in here with any of your thoughts, uh, because these are some other news items that are attached to WWE that maybe are not going to come up on the show. So Monday afternoon, uh, Robbie Fox at, at Barstool Sports sent out this tweet. Quote, WWE Crown Jewel could be in trouble. I was just told Reigns is currently injured and that Cena and Bryan are, quote, refusing to work the show. Many on the current WWE roster have expressed concern with going as well, but obviously not all of them have the power like Cena and Bryan. Uh, so I have asked about this and tried to get kind of a clearer picture of what, are, what is going on. I don't know anything involving Daniel Bryan. His status has not been uh, relayed to me. With John Cena... Uh, I was told that this afternoon, Creative was told that Cena is off the show, and they have they had a replacement in mind as of this afternoon. Now, if you watch the show tonight, John Cena is still being advertised. 
Obviously, Roman Reigns is not doing the show. And I would imagine the WWE is going to the ends of the earth to work out a deal with John Cena. I don't know what the status is. As of now, um, creative is under the impression that he is not on the show. But I hesitate to say that is 100% because I imagine the WWE is going to work very, very hard to keep him on that show. And if if they thought 100% he's off, I think something would have been done tonight to make that replacement known. Absolutely. Yeah. I mean, I think when I first heard about it, um, you know, rumors are what they are, but I would say maybe considering, you know, uh, if your source is to be believed that if in fact, you know, this is actually occurring, then um, it it means that people are actually speaking up and that there's some truth to at least a little bit of truth to the rumor. Uh, and I'm really happy to hear that, you know, um, and it takes a I, guy. I, should, I, I just want to uh, clarify as well. What I, I was not given a reason either why Cena is off the show. So just to make that clear, I'm not okay. saying um, that that's not true. Uh, one would think that if he's a- agreeing to do the show initially and now stepping away, that would make sense that he is in fact refusing. But I was not directly told that's the reason, but it does make a lot of sense. And I think that uh, Daniel Bryan, I think he's someone that he does have that power that he could say that. And someone that you would think based on his history would be someone that would be troubled by doing such a show. And somebody who, I mean, up until recently, didn't seem like he needed to work for the company. Uh, that, that seemed very happy to leave. So um, I would say, I mean, I'm sure there are many other factors involved, especially if the man has signed a contract, especially because the man is a father. We, we There are a lot of other factors, and we can, I guess, really only speculate right now. But um, at least maybe to hear the possibility that some of the top stars are speaking out against this and taking a stand against this, I I find it um, yeah, sort of encouraging. Uh, another note is uh, Alexa Bliss. She was not at TV tonight. Uh, I was told she was injured over the weekend, but they are optimistic that she's going to be doing the show on Sunday, uh, Evolution. But uh, it seemed as well on tonight's Raw way that they, are, they at least have a backup plan in place in case... Uh, She's not okay for this weekend, but they're going with the plan that she will be okay for this weekend. Mm, yeah, they so continue the, to air the promo, uh, but certainly this edition of Raw uh, had a lot, um, a lot to do. Yeah, yeah, a lot, uh, a lot of stuff to cover. So it just seems like it was a, a very like what a crazy day it mm. was for the WWE, and that's not even to state like the overall cloud that this crown jewel event is under. And I think everyone now is at a a conclusion that this event is going forward. Um, That said, I mean, the Turkish president has stated that on Tuesday during his, uh, his session, uh, he is going to be releasing the information that he has been privy to regarding what, what they have found regarding the, uh, the, the murder of Jamal Khashoggi and just how much that story has changed over the past seven days. I mean, I feel at this point way where I feel like 95% sure the show is going to go on as scheduled, but I can't say a hundred percent either. Just knowing mm-hmm. like if you go back to last Monday, when we were talking about this, how many different, uh, how much new information has come forward about this, that the Saudi Arabia government has now acknowledged. Yes, he died. Uh, he was, in the consulate, it was a, it escalated into a fist fight. I mean, completely away from the original story that, oh, he, he left shortly after he arrived here. You have President Trump that is 
fully acknowledging that there is lying going on. There is deceit that is being perpetrated. It's a mess. This story is all over the place as these tracks are attempting to be covered that who is to know what is going to happen over the next 24 or 48 hours. Um, the story is still being focused upon. We're getting close to the midterm elections where I think that's going to take over most of the mainstream media's attention. But this is not a story that has been brushed to the side yet. It is still getting significant coverage. And I hope, certainly hope, like amongst wrestling circles like us, that people don't stop talking about this all the way leading until Crown Jewel and even after Crown Jewel. Until right. if this whole Saudi Arabia deal continues to move forward for the WWE, uh, I think it's a constant reminder of of uh, what 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 type of weird cloud the whole thing is operating under. Um, I'm under the impression, and I feel like even if. Uh, how much more convincing, honestly, does does it really need to be? Like, I feel at this point, people are just, if the president says it's okay, then the company will go ahead with it. And um, my impression is that even, even, uh, yeah, we'll see. You know, I, I can't really say. I can't really say. I think the show's happening. I, I mean, think I, so too. It would take, I, I can't even say. I don't even know what it would take. Mm -hmm. In, I think anyone, if this was another country that was not, uh, so financially tied uh, to the the government of the United States of America, I, I think this would be a totally different story. And I mean, President Trump has basically said that that yeah. essentially, hey, this is awful, but they're paying us a lot of money in this arms deal, so yeah, yeah. we're not going to be imposing any sanctions. Is essentially what the message is, which is a, a pretty a pretty horrible message. Um, but that that is the state of things. I I can't imagine. What would happen that uh, somehow this show would, would be stopped? And it would really be something if, you know, some of these talents are actually speaking up, which I think really goes to the character of some of these people that they would uh, do such a thing if the if that is accurate. Mm, yeah, yeah, I'm sure. Yeah, it'll be an interesting several uh, days. And I, I look forward to the discussion just even, uh, even amongst the wrestling fan base, because I mean, I think, you know, the WWE can avoid mentioning Saudi Arabia as much as they want, but everybody else who's watching their shows, everybody who's listening to wrestling podcasts, we can talk about it as much as we want. So I welcome that discussion. Do you think that there is that there is power within the locker room that could in any way affect this show? Or is that just completely ridiculous that at no. most you're going to get one or two people that would state something, but everyone else will fall in line and do this show. Yeah, I really don't see it, a, a mutiny happening. I mean, especially, I don't see somebody even like a Braun Strowman, you know. Uh, certainly, I don't see Brock Lesnar really having, being held to any type of moral standard to say no to whatever money he's getting paid. Um, Braun Strowman probably politically doesn't have that power. They will put on a show, even without John Cena, even without Daniel Bryan. Um, you know, and there are plenty of other pieces. So, I, I don't see enough people affecting the, the existence of this show. All right. So obviously we will continue to monitor that story. And I think it'll be interesting to see how um, John Cena is covered uh, Tuesday night on SmackDown. And if he ultimately ends up doing this show, because I, I don't think you can discount uh, that idea. And based on tonight's Raw, they are moving forward and still promoting him. So Monday night's episode of Raw took place from Providence, Rhode Island at the Dunkin' Donuts Center. And we started off with Roman Reigns coming out, and he's there in street clothes, totally different demeanor. I mean, the second this guy walked out, you knew this was serious. Um, 
No, are you no. watching this? Uh, Sorry, uh, go ahead. Um, I watched this maybe on about like like a half hour delay, so I knew he had announced something big because I, somebody messaged me uh, about it, but I didn't know exactly what it was. I just assumed when I heard that he was going to make an announcement that it would it would be an injury that would take him off of the pay per view. I had no idea what what you know the severity of, of what he was about to say. Yeah, yeah, I was curious about that because I, I did watch late, so I knew what the story was prior. Uh, but watching this, you know, kind of I know what the the announcement is, but you could still sense uh, just him walking out that this was something very serious. Uh, you just didn't know how serious. He says that he comes out here speaking as Roman Reigns about being a workhorse, a fighting champion, but those are lies. His real name is Joe, and he's been living with leukemia for 11 years, and it's come back. He can't fulfill his role. He has to relinquish the title. I'll take your prayers, but I'm not looking for any sympathy because I have faith. He was diagnosed when he was 22 years old. It went into remission, and he categorized this as the hardest time of his life. He had no money. Football was done with him, and he had a child on the way. And the one team that gave him a chance was the WWE. And the fans made his dreams come true. Whether they cheered or booed, the most important part was that they reacted to him. He was uh, emphasizing he is not retiring. He's going to whoop leukemia's ass and then come back home. He's coming back to show that when life throws you a curveball, he's going to swing in the batter's box, and he's going to see everybody very soon. This place, uh, just everyone cheering on Roman. Thank you, Roman. He lays the title down in the ring, and then he walks up the ramp. Dean Ambrose and Seth Rollins come out and hug. Rollins is in tears. I mean, this segment, I cannot do justice to recap it. Uh, It was just such an emotional 15 minutes to start the show to the point that I didn't even know how you continue this show after such a heavy dose of reality that Mm. is hitting this audience and how fast they switched from their Pavlovian just boo Roman Reigns as he comes out to how serious he gets. They get quiet and then it is just like the show is over and it is Joanna Wahi in the middle of this ring and this audience is just there were tears. There were tears throughout this this uh, audience as they realized that this is real. That what this man's talking about. Absolutely. Um, yeah. Like, I think it's incredibly interesting that it's the character of Roman Reigns who has to deliver this really unfortunate news. Because I mean, uh, you know, like you said, uh, we're the wrestling audience, or a good deal of the wrestling audience, is conditioned to reacting that way to Roman Reigns. He walks out here. And it was as usual, booze, you know, booze as this man walks out to that to that music. After he said that first line in this in this speech, I don't think anybody will ever boo Roman Reigns again from this point forward. Like the narrative, this guy became the most beloved figure and, uh, and, on this show. And I'll tell you why. It's not yes, it's not just because this man you know is fighting fighting all, uh, cancer, but. What have we learned through through this? We've learned that not only did this man fight this 11 years ago, he beat it. So anybody who's ever booed this man has been bang, boo, booing somebody who, who has accomplished way more than any of us will, will ever have. But not only that, the man... How many stories have we heard of people taking advantage? Uh, I don't want to say taking advantage. Maybe No, I was going to bring up the same thing that... This guy had a really easy story to tell for sympathy, and he never never played that card. 
Nobody. And, yes. Listen, I'm not going to trash on people that have. I think that if you've overcome cancer, that's something I will hopefully never have to go through that I'm not going to criticize. But I think it's really something that in a company that pushes this especially and cancer awareness so hard to the point that it's a turnoff to people. This guy never went that direction, especially because it's Roman Reigns. It's especially because he's the man who needed something like that the most of anybody in professional wrestling in in one like one sentence this company he could have gotten everybody to stop booing him and recognize this man for the person that he is somebody who has persevered through every challenge in his life whether it be the crowd whether it be cancer but the man never never brought it up you know and i don't know if obviously it's his choice because i'm sure if if the company was aware of this this would have been kind of made, made made life a, a, a lot easier for them. But um, I have so much more respect for the man, you know, knowing that he, he basically hid this for 11 years and didn't announce it until he had to right now. So I don't think anybody will ever boo Roman Reigns again. It is shocking. This never was made public. Yeah. Because there had to be people in this company that as small a circle as it was, had to be aware of this man's health mm-hmm. uh, so yeah just a super emotional start of raw and it was very emotional because of the context but like i think it needs to be said that like the man himself roman like did not deliver this like it was his last speech this was very much like a see you later type of speech you know obviously it was very emotional but 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 he still tried to do it in a way that made it feel like it wasn't a big deal to him yeah, and I mean, there's, it, there's no you know public information. Like, did, did have they detected it early? I mean, it's um, you you don't know any of the details of, uh, you know, just just what his status is going to be, and he he could be gone. He could be gone forever. It's there, there's no there's no idea uh, of what uh, what his at least uh, professional future is going to be. They came back. And went to the announcers. And this was Michael Cole, Corey Graves, and Renee Young completely as themselves. Michael Cole said that we live in this alternate reality. And sometimes people forget that there are real people here on screen. And reality came up and bit us tonight. And we are sending our prayers to Roman Reigns. Renee acknowledges how close Roman is to her husband. And then Corey Graves, who is just trying to keep it together, mentions that his kids play with Roman's kids. And... I could not understand how these three were about to call a three-hour show after this. And to their credit, they like flipped on show mode after this and were able to just tee up the show and almost just walk into the fiction of WWE programming after this uh, crazy 20 minutes at the start of the show. But man, these three were just trying to keep it together here to deliver this message on camera. That's always kind of been the 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 MO of, of wrestling though, isn't it? You know, to like trudge on, you know, and not break character, quote unquote, even, you know, in very kind of high pressure, very stressful circumstances. And I mean, you know, it's sort of the nature of, of what pro wrestling live television television has become where you don't tell even your staff, uh, you know, the big sto- uh, segment or story. I, I hate to even call this story, but you know, the big uh, uh, reveal 
until everybody sees it. And I, I mean, I, I fully believe that they weren't aware until everybody else was. How did you feel they handled it throughout the show? Because it was, it was the dominant theme throughout the show. They must have replayed highlights of this interview five or six times throughout the show. It was constantly uh, brought up. Did you think they did it in a, in a classy manner? Did you think it was too much? Or do, do you believe like this was this was an enormous story? How could you ignore it? I I think more of the latter. I don't think I mean it. Number one, this man is your world champion. He's your lead character on the show. I think even if it was just down to storyline, you have to explain why the champion is no longer the champion. That should come back from you know from the break every single commercial break. But beyond that, I mean, uh, he is also you know one of the mo- most popular characters on your show. Uh, and this is like huge news. So I, I didn't find issue with it. And I would imagine as this story circulated, people were tuning into raw to see what was up. Yeah. To me, it didn't feel exploitive. Like if that's what you're getting at, you know, like I, I feel like this was news that needed to be out there. If they had, if they had teased a big Roman Reigns announcement all show long to lead to that, I think that would have been come off as really, really classless. I think people would have been turned off by that if it was promoted throughout the show. Right. And, and instead, it just, right off the bat, this is the big story. There's no way around this. And boom, you just put it out there. So then the show began. I was not in the mood to watch wrestling at this moment. Uh, it was a very awkward transition to just suddenly the show begins proper. Finn Balor is out. Leo Rush came in, introduced Bobby Lashley, and the two had a match. And Leo rushes on the microphone throughout the match. He's chanting for Bobby as they go to commercial. They come back. He's still chanting for Bobby. Uh, Lashley is in control with, as best I can describe it, the waiting, just detestable submissions. Just turn, tuning you out and tuning me out as well. It's just part of the playbook, it seems. Balor made his comeback, and this audience was hot for Balor. He got caught coming off the turnbuckle with a Samoan drop. Then he breaks free, lands a very loose sling blade. He's got a he's got fixed a sling blade. It just it doesn't look good. Uh, he then uh, gets lifted onto the shoulders. Lashley lifts him for his finish, but Balor uh, counters and then just catches him with a schoolboy. And Lashley gets caught for the three count. He's shocked. He's upset. It's the slip on the banana peel finish, and Finn Balor wins. Audience was into Balor. Yeah, I can't say I was necessarily. Uh, into the match, but hey, the crowd at least got it over because it was a little dull in parts. I'm sure there's nobody back there who who is jealous of Finn Balor and Bobby Lashley getting this really unfortunate spot on this show coming off of that to try to all of a sudden get people to forget about, you know, real life troubles and to be entertained again. It was it was a very tough challenge, I, I have to imagine, for these two. And the match itself was not really all that spectacular for the most part. But when Balor really got going, uh, when he was allowed to get going, I'm sure even Lashley can get going if he wanted to. But when ba- when Balor was able to do it, he definitely, I feel, got the crowd. Um, the fin- the finish surprised me maybe a little bit, just because I think Lashley, after you just refreshed him as a heel, he really doesn't seem to be in a position to take losses like this um, that were essentially clean. Like, this was a clean loss. So, you know, I, I think th- despite the heel turn putting him on the, on the right track, it really hasn't risen his stock from where he was before. They had an insert promo with Bailey, Sasha, and Natalia. They're going to be taking on the Riot Squad at Evolution in a six-woman tag. 
there were some people that were very upset when this was announced today. Like, did you watch last week's show? Like, this match was all but 100% confirmed last week. Uh, but I guess yeah. some people were really stunned, thinking they were going to get the Bailey sasha match, which was surprising to me that people still have a desire to see that match after all this time. I, I, yeah, I mean, I think... Um... I feel like it's been so long that they've teased that story that they're really like holding back from it from now because they want to save it so that they can do it right. And certainly with Sasha coming back just a week ago, there's they had no room to do it right for this show. Yeah, this is the last show I would be putting it on. Um, yeah, it doesn't make any sense at the moment. They are a total divas promo this week. It's all about Nikki being single and she's ready to mingle. Yeah. Wait, do you realize you're one of the you're in an exclusive class of people that are still watching Total Divas? I, they are they are posting their worst viewership on a weekly basis. Every I'm, week they're breaking the record. I'm still around. Yes, I'm a I'm a diehard. What can I say? You need to move to the U.S. so that you're you can be a, a have a Nielsen uh, representation so that you can help their U.S. viewership because you mean nothing in Canada. Well. You're probably watching it online too. You're not even. You know what? It just Canadian viewers. It probably just means everybody's relying on my reviews. That's why they don't. They don't have a reason to watch anymore. That's probably it. I mean, yeah. we're a really successful site, and they love your reviews. Yeah, it makes total sense. Total sense, which is going to be our reality show. That numbers are down because they want to hear way re- recap it. That's yeah. the most logical explanation I've heard. To Total Divas viewers. All right, enough of the sarcasm. Okay, you're laying it. A I'm not being sarcastic there. at all, way. I think that there's real merit to that. Look at us. We're juggernauts. Then we had a recap of Strowman, Ziggler, and Drew. You may notice that uh, I am on to the second uh, piece of Raw here. Uh, Bailey, Sasha, and Natalia have been in the ring this whole time. They're just chilling. We had a recap of Strowman, Ziggler, and Drew from last week. Do we go back to the women? No. We go to Ziggler and Drew in the locker room. And Ziggler thanks Drew for having his back last week. Drew said, I saw the writing on the wall with Braun. He was attacking you. I was going to be next. So it was kill or be killed. And Braun was going to come after him uh, anyway, which I just said. Ziggler says that he can cement his legacy at Crown Jewel and prove that he's the best in the world. And Drew tells him that Braun needed them more than they needed him. He's not scared of Braun and he's off for some monster hunting. I yep. thought we were going to be a series of vignettes tonight. Drew searching. Monster Hunters. Is, Monster Hunters. Yeah, is that, is that not already like a Do show? we have a team name? Do we have a team name now that the Dogs of War have uh, splintered off? The Monster Hunters. Dolph the Monster Hunter. <laughs> Drew the Monster Hunter. They could join an alley. That would be perfect. All of their souls are left in the undead realm. Yeah. Drew could probably be a convincing uh, undead, undead Drew. Hmm. He is the Scottish psychopath. I think that could be his moniker. Yeah. A lot, yeah. Of, a lot of potential here. You put him in a haunted house. Yeah, I'd be pretty scared. All right. It's been about three hours. Are we going back to the women? Kind of. We went to a riot squad promo. They talked about their dreams. I was dreaming that we were going to get to this match that we had teased uh, three segments ago. Sarah Logan dreams of stalking her prey, which is a very crappy dream to have. Uh, and then we finally get to Sasha Banks and Ruby Riot. You know what Sarah Logan was up to over the weekend way? 
Viking stuff. She was at a Viking competition this past weekend, and she's very tired, Renee said, because of this Viking competition, and she was also the only woman on the field. So it looks like uh, there has been no Viking evolution yet. Someday. Someday. One day. Yes. I think they have give, a, a give longer... Give female day. Vikings a chance. They must have a long... Are, you, are are there no... Like, that was a thing, wasn't it? It was never a thing, female Vikings? Uh, in Minnesota, it's all men. Oh, right. Yes. Banks gets sent to the floor for the first commercial break. There are matches that don't require commercial breaks. This might have been one of them. Riot's in control. She had a cravat applied. Banks comes out, lands a knee to the face. Banks is favoring her neck. Banks hit the Miora off the turnbuckle, and then a backstabber into the bank statement, but Riot is fighting on. Logan gets into the ring. Bailey takes her down. She's fighting with both Logan and Morgan, and then Riot kicks her in the corner as Banks returns to the ring after backing up Bailey, and Riot hits the Riot kick and wins the match. I think that these six are actually going to have a fine match on Sunday. I think Ruby Riot has, has quietly been, been very good of late. I think she's very underrated. Um, these two had a, they had a decent match. It just seemed like it was, uh, at the commercial, to be honest, kind of, it doesn't matter, John, like, I'm sorry. It doesn't even matter. Just the story is not interesting enough to ma- maintain my attention for 15 minutes. There, Hold is, on. there was a Vi- there was a Viking on the floor. <laughs> there is no story here. This is just like a six woman tag match that you just randomly put together. What, what feud, what rivalry did they have? Was there ketchup or mustard involved in this one? Not even, right? Yeah, they put the ketchup and mustard on Natalia's... Oh, okay, excuse you. sorry. Yeah, deep storytelling here. Uh, this epic, this this Lord of the Rings uh, level tr- uh, epic uh, involved... <laughs> where somebody put ketchup if, and mustard. Yes. What if okay. it was that Keen's hot mustard and Natalia accidentally got some of the, the uh, mustard into her eyes or something and it was blinding? She seemed fine here, but I'm just I, stating. There, it could have been some very intense mustard. There's just like, to me, this has no more interest than, you know, your typical uh, uh, New Japan uh, six-man involving young lions. Uh, this just, there's nothing here. And and you can show me this match for 30 minutes. Unless it's a six, seven-star match, uh, I, I can't really say that I'm going to care that much. So what you're saying is that when it comes to the women's matches that you're looking forward to on Sunday, these six are playing catch-up because this feud doesn't cut the mustard. That's not what I'm saying at all, but that's what you can say, yeah. Maybe I can take my writing skills and uh, audition for The Undertaker and Kane promos because we had a few of them tonight. Mm -hmm. The Undertaker and Kane... Oh, first they have, first Naya. They have been very busy. Naya, what did Naya say? Oh, I'm sorry. The, the yeah, you're getting stuff. ahead of ourselves, okay, Way. I know it was a very exciting promo. We will get there, I promise. The Undertaker and Kane, they have been very busy in the production department. We have a tape promo with ominous music. They are back in the smoke-filled boiler room. And we have these shadowy figures that walk into the light. And they begin to talk. Their respect for DX died with their dishonesty. Deep down in Sean's black soul, what kept him in the shadows for eight and a half years, it was fear. They're going to unleash hell on DX. All of Sean's fears will come true. 
And wouldn't you know it, way? The lights started short-circuiting in this boiler room. They have three words for them. Rest in peace. I think this was the exact shot of last week's Dude, promo. Dude, this was the same promo as last week, wasn't it? The whole thing? I'm pretty sure this was just the replay. I thought this was all new up until the end, where it was clearly the same okay. thing they used last week. You could, I, I could be wrong. You could be right. I don't know. I, 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 I can't sorry. say last week was all that memorable, so they could have pulled a fast one over. I, I thought they were just replaying the video. But uh, anyway, uh, I, I actually skipped this. We then had a literal fade to black. Yeah. Exciting stuff. The theme song for Evolution is Salute by Little Mix. And I did not want to give a salute to this song because I heard this so much tonight, this song. And I feel Sunday, I'm going to have this just earwormed into my psyche coming out of Sunday. It's going to take me weeks to get this out of my head. I kind of feel like I'm like immune to stuff like this now. Like in my in my new condo, um, I live next to train tracks, so I'm hearing the train like every 15 minutes. And if you listen closely, you might even hear it on this podcast. But it's been like a week. I'm starting to already tune it out. I feel like I'm conditioned like that when it comes to WWE pay-per-view songs because I don't even remember how it sounds. And I watch this whole show. I had a big question for you. Because of your move, I'm wondering, did it cause issues? Did you Were you able to vote? On Monday, we had a municipal election. I was not, and I'm oh. I'm really disappointed in myself. I mean, number one, I didn't even know today was the date. That's how I think out of the loop I've been with everything. Um, I certainly didn't have enough time to do my research, so uh, I'm sorry to say I did not. And I'm I was far away from my usual usual riding. Well, I'm afraid someone's gonna get upset that I gave a spoiler, but John Tory trounced. His competition. Mm-hmm. I think he had, I think there were 35 people running for the mayor of Toronto and our incumbent had a, a 10-7 kind of night. He got 63.5% of the vote. The runner-up, uh, Jennifer Keysmat, had 23.5%. This man steamrolled, steamrolled his competition. Yeah. So there you go. That was the, the big result, everyone, of our municipal election. We continue on. Nia Jax. This Sunday, the world will see women can do anything. It's not about gender. Don't let anyone put limits on your dreams. Winning the Battle Royal is my ticket to another opportunity at the title, and I will not squander it. And then her batteries died, and she just (laughs) crumpled down to the floor. God, that was the case with all of these backstage vignettes. Oh, they were so bad I don't know if they installed a teleprompter back there or something, because I'll tell you, for Kurt Angle, they definitely did install one for that. I don't know. Did they put a chip into the back of his head? Because that's the emotional range he had for that promo later. His was worse than Nia's, and Nia's was terrible. You can tell Kurt was actually reading. I don't know if Nia was, but it might as well have been with the amount of rehearsing and pre-scripting that they do. All of these sounded just so robotic. Oh, I've got some transcriptions coming up, boy. Get ready. Kurt Angle. What a promo. DX came out. Nothing said uh, 2018 like glow sticks that they had. There was a DX oh chant. <laughs> Did they even use those like in, in, in 1998? 
That's a 2006 thing, right? No, it was the first reunion that they introduced these glow sticks. And like, even in 2006, I don't think they were all that cool. Who would buy these? Who would buy these glow sticks? If you really love DX, sure you'd buy something. My, my uh, capacity for what fans would, would buy, what, what crap they would buy, was shattered in 1999 when I went to a house show. And I saw a fan spend money to buy a people's elbow pad. Oh, that's cool. I would get that. Like, this is the stupidest thing. What? When are you ever going to use this in real life? Of course not. But it's like, like the, at least the elbow pad is the rock's thing. He uses it every time he does his finisher. That's like having a piece of his finisher. You know, I totally understand that. I mean, glow sticks. Uh, if that's you want their entrance, I guess if you want to replicate the dude's entrance, sure. But then like, we're Okay, I can forgive even the glow sticks, but when we're talking about like the Stone Cold Steve Austin uh, cornhole game, which is an actual item that they sell when we browse the WWE shop that one time, I don't, that's what I don't get. Who's buying that? The answer is someone. There is, an, there is a someone for every piece of garbage they tack that logo onto. So coming soon, the post wrestling cornhole game. Hey, if there's demand, we will absolutely fulfill it. They made fun of The Undertaker and Kane's videos that they used a GoPro during Kane's lunch hour as the mayor of Knox County. Michael says neither of them is running for mayor. I did not like these lines at all. Like They were, they were trying to endear themselves to uh, Toronto and Brampton. <laughs> Listen, I know like it's a DX thing to be edgy, to break from script. To oh, break this was edgy. This was so edgy. This was anything but edgy in 2018, okay? Listen, in 2018, yes, I know this man is not a demon. I know in his day-to-day life, he is a politician, he's a mayor, but I don't give a shit. I'm at the point now, as a 34-year-old, where I know wrestling is fake, but I want to believe. So any attempt to pull me pull apart the curtain for your shock value, just to me, just feels desperate. Like, like you're, like you're the kid telling at school, telling everybody the tooth fairy isn't real, you know, like, come on, why ruin the fun for everybody? You're not cool. Like you're, 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 you're just trying to ruin it for everybody. So anyway, I did, I was not a fan of the line. Plus I believe like a good deal of your audience has no idea what you're talking about. Right. I love how, I love that you're just, just so put off by these guys. Just, just trying to turn back the, the hands of time. Their edginess. No, but seriously, how many people do you think would have understood this, 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 this mayor stuff in the audience? I think there, there's a decent amount of people that know that Kane is the mayor. Decent. I mean, What's decent? Uh, I think a lot of people More are aware 50? that Kane is one. One the More uh, than fifty of the of the live audience or the yes. televised. Audience? Uh, both. Both. Why not? I would say, I would say a quarter of the television audience is aware. That's decent when you're alienating 75% of people that mm. are watching. I, I'm not defending the line. I'm just stating I think a lot of people are aware Kane won the, won the election. Well, this wasn't even the worst line of this promo. No, we have a lot here. I have a lot of notes. Michael says that nostalgia is being thrown around, which he thinks is a polite way of saying old. But Hunter points out the film Halloween is 40 years old and it's number one at the box office. Yeah. What a comparable. We we are the, the fucking Halloween of pro wrestlers. Um 
I guess it's somewhat comparable. You know, in fact, if people are looking for a review of that original Halloween <laughs> uh, movie, the classic, you can tune into Up Next on iTunes, Stitcher, Google Play. Braden and Davey just did a review of that very movie you can find on their feed right now. Yes. Do you know what Davey called it? What? Hello, hello, Halloween. <laughs> oh, that's perfect. This is uh this is our quarterly test to see if they listen to our show. Yeah. Quarter. So Halloween's number one at the box office. Did you go watch Halloween? Dude, I haven't had I don't I didn't even know the, the vote was today, so uh no, I did not. Did you watch anything this weekend? Did you watch any Daredevil or Making a Murderer? Uh, no, I didn't do any of that. Um, did I watch anything this week? I watched Total Divas because I knew I had to talk about it. So I, that I did watch. Um, I watched this show on YouTube or sorry, on Netflix called uh, Stay Here because I'm in a real like home renovating uh, or like a home decorating uh, phase. I'm really into these like type, type of like, you know, makeover shows when it comes to home. So I watched a bunch of that. If you must know how my exciting, exciting weekend went. Yeah. I started making a murderer. How is it? You remember Brandon Dassey? Yeah. So within the first 20 minutes, they show a photo of him and his dad. Wait, what do you want to wager his dad was wearing? Of course, it's a WrestleMania or WWE shirt. Do you want to guess the performer that he was representing? John Cena. Damn, you are on fire. Which one? Which era? What oh. color? I they didn't have a uh they didn't have a timestamp of when this photo was taken. But it was it was before Brandon Dassey was in jail. So it was probably um you know, mid to late two thousands. Because the murder was October two thousand five. He's I a very popular wrestler. Seven. Yes. Yes. Yeah. If you, you have not seen Making a Murderer, season one, Brandon Dassey is not just a wrestling fan. He is a massive wrestling fan of which I came up with a hell of a theory as to why Brandon Dassey could not have murdered Teresa Hallback. Yeah, he did. His, like, if you just put all of it together, the dates, there is no way, there is no way that Brandon Dassey, who is in prison, is it okay if I just go off on a little tangent here? Uh, Please, please. I'm curious about this myself. Yes. Brandon Dassey is put away in prison I have to repeat these stories because all of our history is in the abyss now, uh, Joseph Park. Uh, so he's in prison. He's in prison for a long, long time. And he's on the phone with his mother, contemplating if he's ever going to smell freedom again in his life. And what is he asking his mother about? Am I going to be home in time for WrestleMania? He's asking about WrestleMania. That's how big wrestling is. In his life. Mm. And he then tells his mother when WrestleMania is taking place. And he states the date. And I can't remember off off the top of my head what the date was. But the date of WrestleMania was April the 2nd. And he did not say April the 2nd, 2006. He had another date. So that already, to me, his credibility in terms of memory is out the window. This guy doesn't even know when the biggest show of the year is taking place. He didn't even have, I don't think he even said Sunday. He thought WrestleMania was taking place on goddamn Wednesday afternoon or something. So how could you possibly rely on him as a credible witness on top of the fact, on top of the fact that this murder occurred? You want to just throw a dart way and guess what night of the week this murder took place in 2005? Sunday. Nope. 
Monday night. Okay. Monday night. Yes. This guy, you're telling me, was off murdering Teresa Hallback with Stephen Avery when Monday Night Raw was on. A show that is so important that he's, uh, he's in jail for the rest of his life. And his concern is missing WrestleMania 22. Get out of here. Wow. Well, I mean, the archives might be gone, but the law is right here. Just, just bring me down. I would testify. I would be willing to testify. You should really consider, uh, or I guess in a past lifetime, you could have gone to law school with that knowledge. Wow. Wow. Law school didn't get me too far. All right. Back to this promo. Hunter, uh, he, he brings up how, how well Halloween's drawing at the box office. Well... We just drew 70,000 people to the G in Australia. And they came to see this. And maybe old is a polite way of saying they're better. So this really puts those billionaire Ted skits on its ass. <laughs> I guess so. I just, I mean, I'm also laughing because like this is the exact type of thing I think like if my mom and dad went to school and like put on a presentation in the gymnasium for all my friends. That's exactly the type of thing I could hear them saying. <sighs> we might be old, but old maybe means better. <laughs> That's a nice positive attitude, at least. Boo, to live by. boo. All the, all the kids. Then, then Hunter mentions what the X means in DX. But they also <laughs> have another X that says the future is now. And we're running that too. Which led to an NXT chant. Okay, you Ramps. you exaggerate greatly. I mean, ten people. Okay, said they never said the letters NXT again. No. That was a very inside to me a really relatively inside line. Even if you did understand it, which I did, obviously, but you have to think about it before you really understand it. So by that point, I felt like the reaction to whatever line they, they that they were doing here was was greatly diminished i feel like you had like a few people go oh they mean nxt you guys oh yeah nxt 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 and by that point it just felt flat so i know with this dx thing they're trying to like recapture what it meant to be inside and like uh not to spell everything out for everybody but just didn't work for me here so they aren't coming to Crown Jewel to make people laugh. I, I don't think anyone is laughing in relation to this event. And they're not coming for nostalgia. They're coming to kick their ass. And the Dunkin' Donuts Center may not have paid its electricity bill for the month because we start getting the lights dimming with sound effects. The Undertaker's music played, and we go to a video... Taker and Kane, man, they have been busy, off-site. Here they are in a graveyard, surrounded by tombstones. Kane and Taker are ready for their next drama, dramatic presentation. Pride goes before destruction, and arrogance precedes a fall. DX's reunion will be their vessel of their total annihilation. And they will unleash their utter contempt. Hunter should have stayed away. Michael should have stayed retired. They can't survive the Brothers of Destruction. And two tombstones are revealed. 
with their death dates of November 2nd. And the most educational portion of this segment was learning that Shawn Michaels and Triple H celebrate birthdays five days apart in July. Wow, same birth year? Not the same year. I think Michaels is older by about four years. But Michaels is July 22nd. Hunter is the 27th. Well, I wonder how you you managed to capture that detail, John. But um, I I actually don't because this tombstone was written in comically large font. Not only (laughs) with... This is how they do tombstones. uh, But also, like, it says... It's it's the same people who designed the WWE contracts. (laughs) Yeah. But it also says Triple H on the man's <laughs> gravestone. What do you not, expect them to be? Not Listen, Hunter Hearst Holmesley, not even the, the ma- letters H H H. First name Triple, last name H. Rest in peace. I mean, listen, I want to believe that these two are demons. I want to, put, to believe that these are somewhat real, but come on. This was way too campy to try to get into. To his defense. The man is very new to being buried. He's usually oh, not in this position, so give him, give him the, the rookie mistake here. Yeah. I mean, Take, look, this, these were basically just like they put Kane and Taker into the Bludgeon Brothers videos. Same scripting, same camera angle, same editing. It's the same video. Uh, and if I, don't, if, I, if I hadn't already seen it with the Bludgeon Brothers, I might actually have a little bit of respect for this. But to me, this... This just felt like it was retreading territory and then doing it in a cornier way. They ended it by saying that they will own their black and blistered souls for eternity. They'll never rest in peace. And then they scooped up dirt and buried a cameraman. And if this wasn't so comically over the top, I would say this feels a little tone deaf building up a match in Saudi Arabia with this kind of a segment, but it was so ridiculous that I can't even be upset about it. Uh, I I, I think you, you really can. You're you're building up this show and you're taking these men out to bury them alive. It's not buried alive match, is it? Uh, It's not, but that's essentially what they promised here. Right. I mean, if it's the undertaker, right? Like, I didn't think that much about that. Um, it That's is sort of a grim show. Yeah, I mean, it, it definitely is a grim show. Maybe, yeah. Graves tried to lighten the mood by saying DX needs to channel their inner Laurie Strode. Sorry, I, I never watched it. Oh, that's the main character from Halloween. That's Jamie Lee Curtis. Yeah. Figured. figured. The announcement was made. Crown Jewel will now feature Brock Lesnar versus Braun Strowman for the now vacant Universal title. Which, Mm. I guess, was probably their only realistic option of what to do. Yeah, I mean, in hindsight, do you feel like making this a three-way... Do you think they could have had any idea that this was potentially a plan? Yeah, I don't think so either. No, They just got lucky, I guess. I mean, sorry, that's not the right word at all, but... With this three-way, they didn't really have to change all that much. Yeah, I'm curious what, how they would have done this if it had just been Roman and Braun. Uh, if Brock hadn't been enticed to come back for this show. Because if this was any other pay-per-view, Brock is not on this show. Mm-hmm. Just mm-hmm. so happens it's the one that is going to net him an incredible payday. And thus, he was on this show, and it was a three-way. Uh, but if not, they would have had to scramble. 
There was a Dana Brooke promo. She said that... Uh, uh, the other... Sorry, sorry to cut you off, but, like, if they didn't do the Braun turn last week, how would they have done this, too? Right? True, and, I mean, you can watch that segment last week, and it was almost going towards the direction of, of Braun as the heel. Like, this week, it was clear he's a babyface. But last week, I think that was more ambiguous, the way it was done. Because it was Drew that ended up taking him out, and... You know, if I'm looking at Drew and Ziggler um, versus Braun, um, you kind of needed Braun as a big heel to oppose Roman Reigns beyond Crown Jewel. So also, I don't know if I, w- I would have been advocating for Braun to have been a babyface, but now it's kind of required. Yeah, I also feel like on, on this particular show, like because Drew is an undersized man compared to bon- Braun Strowman, him standing up to the giant does, to me, make him look uh, very much more like a baby face than a heel in some ways. Dana Brooke cut a promo. Evolution means change is here. And she's been passed over for too long. All eyes are on her. And after she wins the battle royal, the world will see who she is and what she can do. I'm, I'd like to know if she could actually cut a promo like that wasn't scripted. Maybe she's amazing at it, but I would have no idea because I'd never get to watch it. Uh, and unfortunately... Like this was about, I think, as like like all the others, about as rehearsed of a promo as you could get. Then we got the the extreme opposite, pardon the pun, with Paul Heyman coming out. Tonight, his thoughts and his prayers are with a man you know as Roman Reigns. Mentions his courage and braveness, and that when he goes home to explain this to his children, he's going to explain how he sacrificed his career aspirations because he could not fulfill the obligations of being champion and the audience deserves the best the champion has to offer. And Reigns is the first to say the show must go on, so at Crown Jewel, it's Lesnar versus Strowman. He stated Lesnar will be able to take the Universal title to the Octagon, declare himself the best the WWE has to offer, and Lesnar, unlike Braun, doesn't need to bill himself as a monster. Braun isn't in Lesnar's league. He is not even part of the same species as Lesnar. Braun has heard enough. I damn sure I'm the same species as Brock Lesnar. He comes out. He says that he's going to beat Lesnar's ass, quote, all over Crown Jewel. <laughs> I'm not familiar with that spot. Is that, do you have to take a connection to arrive in Crown Jewel? Yeah, what are its, what are its citizens known as? Uh, Crown Jewelians? Uh, Crown Jewelry. Hmm. Interesting. Yeah. 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 It's I, a I, new country. Yeah. I should look up on Yelp some hotspots in Crown Jewel. Crown Jewel. Yeah. Yes. It's a hard place to find. He's going to bring the title back to Raw, another city. And then Reigns, when he beats Leukemia, he's going to get the first shot at his title. Turns around, and there's Drew. And the monster hunter has found his prey and takes him out with a Claymore kick. And that yeah. concluded the segment. Paul Heyman just poofed into, he was invisible. He just disappeared. Yeah. I thought um, Paul Heyman did a masterful job here of addressing the very real story of Roman Reigns' illness. Um, frankly, it would have been insensitive to talk about the match without addressing it, but he did it with incredible respect, all while managing to use it as a great introductory paragraph to his promo about the match. Um, so 
I, I don't, I just don't know if there are many people who could tread around such a delicate situation as well as him. So bravo to him. He not only had to do that, but he had to also cut his promo with the intention of building Braun Strowman as a babyface, since Braun hasn't been on TV since the end of last week's show. Uh, so Paul Heyman did great. I thought. You know, what? go ahead, yes, please. No, well, I was just gonna say, you know, uh, about Braun. I think the crowd is certainly not that into him just yet as a babyface again. The turn has been kind of sudden. Um, I think, you know, a two-month detour with him being a heel has really affected him, and it's going to take a, a lot more than, I think, just even a great Paul Heyman promo to, to turn him back. I was going to say about Heyman's promo, what I thought was really subtle, but I thought was great, was the start. Because he doesn't speak immediately. There's a There's like 10 seconds where you're just looking at his face and you can see, you can already see what he is about to say, what the, the mood is. And he's already just addressing it the, without even saying a word. And no, it's just, it's just some, it looks like real emotion on his face, not in character, but like just, I think it represented, I think a lot of how uh, the audience felt. I think it's something like audiences can detect real. And I go back to when Roman Reigns walks out, the second you see him, he doesn't have to say a word. You know that something is different. Just the look on his face. And Heyman was able to convey his own real emotion that I think just heightened this promo at the beginning. And, you know, you understood right away. This is not Paul Heyman doing his regular shtick. This was uh, a much more, you know, he was attaching the, the real situation to this. And you could convey that immediately without him even needing to start speaking. But I think the brilliance is that it all fit, whether in character or out of character, it all like it all made sense. You know, Ziggler was backstage. He congratulated McIntyre for standing up to Braun and Charlie asked if he's afraid of any repercussions. He says, no, too many people on this roster ask, what if they don't accept consequences? I'm not afraid of monsters. And Braun's going to realize that he needed us. And we went to Elias in the ring. He starts playing and he's interrupted by Apollo Crews. And they had a match. Crews was in control. He hit. He went for a standing shooting star press. But this featured his head maybe landing on Elias's arm. This did not seem like the most punishing maneuver in the Apollo Crews playbook. I would say usually, like, if you see a 250-pound man doing a standing shooting star press, I think even if it wasn't a completely flush landing, it would still receive a bit of a reaction. This got nothing. So, I mean, this... We've just really been spoiled, I think, is is what it means. And also maybe just the number that they've done on on Apollo to the point that even something like this doesn't really get that big of a reaction. I think it's it's more the character. I think it's a dead character. It's yeah. just, I think people just are tuned, they're trained to tune out during a match like this. Elias held on to the top rope, hit a flying knee, and then the drift away, and he pins Apollo Crews. And yeah. So I, long, Apollo. Yeah. I thought last week might have been the start of something for Apollo Crews. You know, we had... This was, this was the end of it. It was, yeah. It was all just a setup for this loss to Elias. I mean, I don't know how much direction they might have had to change... For Elias's character, maybe they just decided to wrap this up quickly because they they needed to turn Elias, as we will go on to talk about. But 
after this, I just want to see Apollo Crews go back to Dragon Gate with Neville. Oh. Bring Akira Tozawa with you and just come on. Just just start a new stable there. All right. Are you ready for this? Kurt no, Angle. I can't wait. Yes. He explained that it's hard to get rid of that itch and accept that you can't do all the things you used to. But I have a chance to win the World Cup. And Kurt Angle. 1996 Olympic gold medalist Kurt Angle said that this World Cup might be his biggest challenge yet. And then Kurt previewed his competition for the World Cup taking place in Crown Jewel. You're doing it with way more uh, personality, in my opinion, than than Kurt Angle did here. Okay, well, Seth Rollins' motto is burn it down. And it is true. You can't help but be but have personality. I don't. It's think. really tough. Like yeah. Kurt Angle sounded like they woke him up to read this. The charismatic enigma, Jeff Hardy. He has never met a risk he wasn't willing to take for the thrill of victory. <laughs> I can't fathom this man stating this in everyday conversation. Like Jeff Hardy, yeah, the man that never met a risk he wasn't willing to take for the thrill of victory. These the are all things, these are all things that sound great on the back of a DVD cover. But when you're trying to convince me that it's a wrestler, like saying this naturally, it just does not, it does not equate. There's, there's writing, I think for, they always teach you like in, in, in television writing class, there's writing for a speech and then there's writing for, uh, uh, prose. And I don't know this. And please continue. Sorry to interrupt. The A-lister, the Miz. Some say he can only talk and talk and talk, but all <laughs> but all I see him do is win and win and win. <laughs> I only have one more. I couldn't get through all of them. The ultimate underdog, Rey Mysterio. Rey is back, and I will never underestimate one of the greatest of all time again. Oh, and we had John Cena. Don't let the smile and bright colors fool you. <laughs> this was... This was all time terrible, terrible, maybe Kurt Angle's worst promo ever. And I know that the man has had some flubs along the way. I can accept those. This was, this was so dry that I I think this was the desert of Kurt Angle promos. I think it's almost a disservice to um, the concept of cutting a promo to consider this even a promo. This was a man reading. From a teleprompter. Like they should have just given him a book. Then we would have understood what he was doing. Right. Um, Really the only newsworthy part of this. Was the fact that they did include John Cena. Mm -hmm. And that that lends me to believe. That they are not giving up on Cena being on this show. And never give up. I really walked into that one didn't I? We come back. Elias is back again. And he's interrupted by Baron Corbin. He says that what he has to say is far more important than what Elias has to do with his little guitar. You work for me. And if Stephanie didn't like you so much, I'd fire you. And he kicks Elias off the stage. But Elias says, I've come up with a song. And he starts singing about Baron being a puppet with Stephanie's hand up his ass. Baron cuts his audio, kicks him out. Elias leaves. Then he returns and blasts Baron in the back of the in the back with his guitar. Everyone cheers, and Elias 
is a baby face. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, you know, I, I, I look at this and I, I wonder, could they be possibly looking at Elias as a replacement of sorts for Roman Reigns? Oh, God. He no. looks like Roman, but can he be a top baby face? If that is the, uh, the practice in mind... They are going to they are going to teach their audience such a valuable lesson about how great Roman Reigns really is. Maybe, yeah. I don't. I do not like this turn for Elias. I think he's got a role on the show, and I wonder how much this takes away from his act by being a babyface. I'm sure he's going to have uh, a honeymoon period where the audience has wanted to cheer this guy for so long, and now they're going to be given the the floodgates will be open to do so. I think it really restricts Elias doing a babyface act than the cool heel act that he gets over with. Well, I look at it very much like, you know, it was with The Rock, where I think he was, you know, The Rock really was was a guy who was great at making fun of people. How do you translate that to a babyface uh, role where you can still make fun of the town, you can still make fun of people, but do it in a way that also makes you endearing to them? Um, it's, I think it's tricky. Is it possible with him? They have to be creative, I feel. Then we got the tail of the tape for Nikki and Rhonda. I was not aware that Nikki Bella's record is 337, 222, and 3. Um, yeah. Yeah. Why? Did, did Cage Match get like a, a, a shout out here? No, but I'll tell you who did. It was the Instagram creator who of, of this graphic at World of Diary who was freaking out that they used it on Oh, on wow. TV. So... It was a nice graphic. Was this a cage match stat? Must I don't know. Be. I didn't. I, I didn't actually look up Nikki's official statistics, but well, I will say that the WWE Women's Tale of the Tape—it's really come a long way from the days when their bus size used to be one of the numbers that they would include. That's true. That is very true. Yeah, I never thought I'd see that though. Um, Tale of the Tape with Nikki Bella and Ronda Rousey. Who would have thought? How about this stat? Nikki's last singles pay-per-view win was against Carmella two years ago. Wow. Is that a weird stat to be pointing out for this woman who's got a title shot on Sunday? Well, again, this was a fan-created thing, right? But Okay, well, it kind of is like, why, why is this woman getting a title shot? Kind of, you're she right. She hasn't won a damn singles match in two years. Well, she hasn't really been on TV over the past year. And then prior to that, I think she was still pretty sporadic too. But um, no, it's it's certainly an odd thing. She's the Brock Lesnar of, of the, the women's division here. Just yeah. walks in, gets a title shot. Yeah. Then they went into a feature on the match, and then we had the contract signing. Bellas were out. Nikki's uh, shadow boxing. I find that so funny. <laughs> the fact that like she's giving the impression that she's been practicing her striking against this MMA champion. Dude, could you have imagined if Nikki just gets on the mic and said, I've got the secret weapon. The man that taught Rhonda everything has now taught me how to beat her. Head movement! Head movement! And that's his theme song that he comes out to. Oh, that'd be so great. Oh, my God. And he's got a Bellolution t-shirt on. It's got to be Bree that's ringside yelling head movement (laughs) on Sunday. That would be be so funny and so awesome. That 25% of the audience would get. Oh, more people know Kane's mayor than are aware of Edmund Tarverdian. Oh, okay. 
the Bellas go to the floor as soon as Ronda's out. And they said they aren't here to fight. And the last place they would fight Ronda is here in Providence. Ronda says she's just here to make sure they get to Sunday. That's how pay-per-views and contracts work. And unlike them, her word is her bond. Her mother would be ashamed if she broke her word. Uh, I was distracted by this child who had a sign that read, Alexa, be my stepmom, that was uh, facing the hard camera. Nikki brought up that Ronda also promised her mother she would win at the Olympics and that she'd win the world championships and never have to watch her daughter get hurt in the octagon and would retire undefeated. So her mom's already ashamed of her for breaking her word in all those instances. And you know, I'm really curious to to know what Anna Maria DeMars thinks of this wrestling stuff. She, I will guarantee that they will one day use her for something. Yeah. She is, if you think Ronda Rousey's a great promo, yeah. her mother is a tremendous promo. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Like, I always thought her mother was just dynamite anytime she talked because she was always brutally honest to the Dude. point that she she talked about running over Edmund with a car her her yeah. daughter's coach I think in ring she'd be awesome she like, probably would be she'd l- probably be fucking great yeah you see how like well Ronda's transition well I mean I think the teacher will be uh, could probably probably could be just as good yeah uh, Dr. Anna Maria DeMars Wrestlemania mother and daughter versus Nikki and her mother. Oh my Kathy. god. Oh, oh my god. god. Sign it, sign it, sign it right Dude, now. Dude, I may, main event of WrestleMania right now. <laughs> yes. That would be so awesome. Oh god. Well, on one end it would be awesome. I don't know about the other. You got Travis Brown and John Laurinaitis in the front row. Oh my. This could be great. Uh Nikki adds, "What's your mother going to think when a diva beats her for the title?" Very good line. And Nikki signs it and then she slaps Ronda and Rhonda, I guess she 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 agreed to the same ceasefire that LAX did with the uh, the crime bosses led by Ricky Johnson in Toronto. Rhonda signs the contract and says, "On Sunday, I will end you. I give you my word." Rhonda was phenomenal. Mm-hmm. I thought Nikki was tremendous. I I thought the segment was great. I almost enjoyed this. I I think I did enjoy this more. Last week got the crazy reaction, and I know a lot of people really enjoyed the promo, and it was well delivered. But for me. I, I thought this segment was just like Rondo was last week was cheaper. Last yeah. week that's the biggest negative I had is that when we wanted to get the big line, we went for the lowest common denominator topic. Like just, you know, yeah. the you know uh, like I, sleeping I, with John Cena. Well, it was I, like, okay, it got a big reaction. I'm not gonna deny that. It worked. But I just to me, I like this segment a lot more. It was just a classic build up. You want to see this match on Sunday. It feels like the main event. And I think Nikki's been great as this heel. She, to me, stole the show here. I mean, you know, I I thought Ronda was great, too. I thought her facial expressions were perfect. To me, it seems like her speaking in front of the camera has really shown improvement over the past several months. She's been great. I don't think she would have been able to pull a segment like this off, let's say, in May. You know, so she just seems to be somebody who I think seems to be a very fast learner when it comes to all of this. So I look forward to seeing uh, what a year's time will, will do to her. But Nikki, I just think, is so great as a heel. She is just so smug and so sarcastic. It just feels like such a natural fit for her. So I think she's doing great. This is obviously, you know, going to be sort of the peak, I would say, of any female wrestler's, um, you know, year having a match with Ronda. Uh, but I, I, it's, it's potential that they could continue this. 
But I, I do want to see Nikki continue uh, this character, even if it's not with Rhonda. Charlie interviewed Seth Rollins and Dean Ambrose. And she asks, can you put into words the emotion of tonight? Dean says there are no words to describe their ride over the past years. When you don't know what to do or what to say, you just need to do what you've always done. Win. thought this was one of Dean's best interviews. And it was even better 20 minutes later. Mm -hmm. Seth said there's no words but plenty of emotions. They're going to channel them to beat Ziggler and McIntyre. And they're going to do it for Roman. They love him. Believe that. Yeah. All of a sudden, you know, like I, I know like last week we probably all felt like I don't we don't want to see the dogs of war take on the shield again. It's just been months of this stuff already. But tonight it felt completely different. You know, it felt like it, it made me forget about all the other matches. There was a lot more at stake here than I think just titles. It felt like, you know, these guys were fighting for, uh, yeah, a fallen brother. And, and it felt very real. Rousey's going to be on, uh, Rousey and the Bellas are going to be on Megan Kelly Thursday morning. Bellas will be on Jimmy Fallon Thursday night. And then our four-way match, Nia Jax, Tamina, Dana Brooke, and Ember Moon. They promoted that the winner of the Women's Battle Royal We'll get a future title shot. There is 10 million women in this battle royal. We will preview Evolution on Rewind to SmackDown Tuesday night. We got an Ember Moon promo. Evolution, they will define their legacy. They are fighting for their future, striving to eclipse normal, and the stars will align for the Sheenom to prevail and win it all. All of those words came out in that exact order from Ember Moon's mouth. Yeah, no, it, it's a hundred percent. I think a problem with the writing, like, I don't know what poor intern they have working on these probably not that important, but I mean, uh, I feel bad for the talent having to read all this as if it was, come on, striving to eclipse normal. I don't even know what that means. Um, you know, I, I hate to even make the comparison, but there is a reason, you know, Roman Reigns speaking like a normal person, just immediately the, the reality of the situation was, was serious. And yes, that's an extreme example that you had a, a super serious subject matter, but Paul Heyman channeled that as well. And I think that there's something to be learned that when you have People speaking as themselves, there's just so much more substance to it. And one of the biggest complaints about this pay-per-view is this battle royal, that it feels it's just throwing all these women in together. How, more, how much more effective would it have been if you had chosen one person that cuts a promo that's insulted that they are in a battle royal on this biggest women's show, and that's their, their impetus, that they are going to go into this, this complete throwaway match and not make it a throwaway and come away with a title match and prove that it was a mistake to be buried into this 25-person battle royal that is just uh, a way to get everybody on this show. That's going to be an afterthought that I will not make an afterthought. Yeah, like well, you're, you're bringing in something real, that these women were not crazy about this battle royal, and you inject it into the buildup. I think that would be good. 
I think it'd be even better if they could throw in a pun in there uh, that that's related to their gimmick, like uh, the word eclipse for Ember. Um, I think that would really make it more believable. I'm going. We're going to eclipse the bathroom break of the night. This battle royal. Charlie is in the. Oh, sorry. We actually had a match here. Um, Tamina got hit with the eclipse. One fifty-one. And Ember is building momentum for Evolution. Yeah, I mean, this this match was totally cold, which is not a good sign, I think, for the pay-per-view coming up on Sunday. Uh, but I don't blame this audience, because outside of Naya, you're talking about C-level members of this roster who haven't been given, given any screen time until the last two weeks. Not Ember's gotten some, but like it's not like her character has, or she's been involved in any real storyline since she's debuted. And you're talking about Tamina and Dana, two people that just... You know, we haven't seen for the better part of this year. So how do you expect anyone to care? Yeah, I, uh, you know, unless these women have something, you know, some great layout of this match. I don't see anybody looking at this other than just toss everybody into this battle royal. That's going to be very forgettable. Charlie was backstage with Trish and Lita and is asked about Mickey and Alexa taking them lightly. And Trish said they'd been like giggling schoolgirls, flapping their gums. Lita said, Trish always took me to my limit. We're ready for this. And they were interrupted by Alicia Fox, who towered, towered over these women. Yeah. Well, she was wearing stilettos here. Um, but still, she looked yeah. she looked like Andre the Giant next to Vince McMahon here. Yeah. Yeah. She says that Alexa and Mickey are going to run through them. And then... This leads to Mickey jumping Trish and Lita from behind. They lay them out, and Mickey says, that's how we do it around here these days. But then Trish and Lita make their comeback, and they knock down Fox and Mickey, toss them into the equipment, and Trish stands over them and says, that's how we do it in the Attitude Era. What? Like, shove people into ladders and, like, set up uh, props? That was the Attitude Era. She could have done probably way worse of how they did it in the Attitude Era with the women. So we're going to make you bark like dogs. We're going to write horrible words on your on your chest. Yeah, the thing they did, Um, you know, so they had to do this to potentially set up Alicia Fox as a replacement. That's how I took it. I mean, they they may be hopeful and for all we know, Alex will be fine by the weekend, but. If not, it looks like this is the easy switch as Alicia's in. My favorite part each week of Raw, the Control GX shampoo commercial. Did you skip through this? I think I did. I'm sorry. Then you missed the profile on, quote, a man with stunning intelligence. Steve Austin, the smartest superstar. The first shampoo with a brain, Control GX. Steve a man Austin? with stunning intelligence. Dude, yes. the man doesn't even have hair. How how do you profile Steve Austin on a shampoo commercial? Way, he's the smartest superstar because he landed a shampoo deal and the man doesn't have hair. Okay, great. Wow. Are you <laughs> joking right now? No, it was on Steve Austin. He was the shampoo subject. All right. Maybe that beard needs a lot of... Listen, watch. there's something about these commercials that I love. I stop every time to watch these because they're just so ridiculous. 
Main event, Dolph Ziggler, Drew McIntyre against Seth Rollins and Dean Ambrose for the Raw Tag Titles. Uh, We're just going to fast forward here because they went through two commercial breaks and the crowd was into it. Very hot crowd. Rollins is in with Drew and wouldn't you know it, Drew got put into the tree of woe and Seth stood up on that top turnbuckle and you won't believe it, Way. Drew did a sit-up and he German suplexed Rollins off the top. And again, Seth gets caught with this. Seth, this is Rick Ric Flair spot. Well, Seth thought this time was the time that he would get There's no way. There's no way. Those abs are going to give out on him. Next time. Next time, I guarantee you. Watch. <laughs> Rollins then scaled to the top. He had a superplex Falcon Arrow combo to Ziggler. Huge near fall. This audience was so hot for this. And they wanted Rollins and Ambrose to win this match. Uh, everything was just set up so well in this. Rollins runs into the post. And then a zigzag leads to another two count. They tried for the zigzag Claymore kick, but Dean broke it up by dragging Drew to the floor. Braun comes out. He goes after Drew, fights him into the crowd, and then they're off to the back. So it's two on one against Ziggler. Ziggler grabs his title. Dean takes it away into a stomp from Rollins, but the official is down. Rollins is on top. Dean throws the referee in. One, two, three. Place explodes. 19 minutes and 18 seconds. New tag team champion Seth Rollins and Dean Ambrose. Um, I, I thought, you know, crowd really made this. It was a, these four have their match down pat. I mean, they're doing these at all the house shows. They've done their matches a million times. And when you've got a hot crowd, I mean, these four are just like, they just have that chemistry now. Well, there's obviously a lot at stake uh, to me uh, for this particular match where, um, I mean, the stakes felt real. You know, we know wrestling's not real, of course, but it, it, like, it felt like everybody in the world wanted to see Dean and Seth win those belts just because of what it meant on a particular night like this. So it it's um it, it felt like a special match. I'll say you know maybe the obviously having commercial breaks kind of just takes you out of something like this a little bit. So it's hard to really grade this without seeing the full thing. Um, I wasn't thrilled by the finish. I understand why they did it. Uh, it they need to babyface Braun. And they took advantage of this to do it. it. They needed to protect Drew, I suppose. But I feel like a clean win from the Shield in a very, very real moment like this, that which doesn't come all that often, I felt like that was important, especially for the closing angle. I think that they're, they were going for that. I, I think ultimately the, the angle was going to override yeah. whatever the finish was. And I think they are going to the ends of the earth to protect Drew. Like, mm-hmm. not even making a present for this loss. So they're celebrating. And then Dean hits Rollins with dirty deeds. And Michael Cole yells, not tonight. And this audience is stunned. They are at such an emotional high from everything they have seen tonight. From the promo that Rollins and Ambrose did, dedicating this to Roman Reigns. You think the Shield has never been closer. They win the titles. And then Dean Ambrose attacks Seth Rollins. Ambrose, this was little. I don't know how many people noticed this, but I thought it made it. Ambrose has this momentary reflection. What have I just done? Mm -hmm. And then he says, well, I've already pulled the trigger and I'm going to go and slit his throat. And he just continues the attack after deciding I'm going down this path. There were so many great reaction shots of fans just stunned Dean tosses the title at him, asking, are these important to you? Is this what's important to you? He removes the padding. One fan at ringside is yelling, come on, man, why? Why? 
and he hits the dirty deeds onto the exposed floor. And then he just walks up through the crowd as they're all booing him. Aside from a few fans at the end, one yelling, he's got every right to turn. He has a reason. He has a reason. And then the other fan, the last one you hear, why did you do it on this night? (laughs) I thought this was one of the best turns I have seen from this company in years. It was the best time to do it. I wonder if they had much choice, and I wonder what the original plan was. Clearly, this was their direction. Um, but I was told they were doing this regardless in a couple of weeks, and they just moved it up to do it now. In a couple of weeks, like after Crown Jewel? I believe so, yes. Okay, so in time for Survivor Series. Uh, so what does that mean for the main event or for Crown Jewel? I don't even know if these two are going to be... Because Rollins is in the World Cup. Ambrose is right. not. So... Well, if John Cena's not going to be there, then... I guess it's possible that if, if John Cena is in fact not there, that's the easy replacement is putting Dean in there. But this to me feels like this is the main event feud on Raw. Much bigger than Braun and Drew McIntyre is going to be if that's the direction you're going for your, your title program. Mm-hmm. I think this totally refreshes Dean. And I think the emotion you had for tonight, it was the kind of turn I love that you're not expecting it but it may it, like this is what they've been building to. This is not out of left field. This was not done to just shock, and it makes no sense. They've been building to this for the last month. Hmm. Yeah, you you, you did I, not like. I, it I, I no, I I liked it. I don't think I felt as strongly about it as you did, but I I know a lot of people might have. So uh, I just for- think you just had that real emotion that you so seldomly get. I, it's not all that different from from Ghetto turning on Okada. That people were genuinely sad that he turned on because you've. Watch them together for so long. Now, you don't have the longevity of these two because you've done breakups before. But I think coming off that Roman announcement, you had the audience in such an emotional state that this was the last night they were assuming this would happen. I don't think it was in anyone's mind that it was going to happen. And the red herring of them winning the titles, I think only would have cemented that, that here they are winning one for this guy and this very real story that has occurred. And that's when you decide to pull the trigger and I th- I think it was like the best way to turn Dean Ambrose. So I re- I really like the turn a lot. Yeah, like I mean I agree that I feel like if this happened maybe next week or the week after, you probably wouldn't have received as big of a reaction. So you're probably right there. I suppose when I was watching this, I just more so thought it was just their it was just basically forced they were uh, the Roman thing probably just forced their hand to do this. Um it was well done though. Sure. Yeah. I think you had to get another heel in place because after Crown Jewel, you're not going to have Brock around. Braun is now a babyface, so your heels, you're looking at McIntyre, Ziggler, and now Dean Ambrose. And mm-hmm. Ambrose has a, a I, he could be your number one heel within two months. And after tonight, he feels like your number one heel. Yeah, certainly, I I see that. And on the other side, you have Elias, who looks to be a babyface. Yeah, and I don't know how that's going to... I see him being in a kind of similar role, just as a babyface. I don't see him cracking into that main event mix, unless somehow this guy just catches fire. But I think that's a really tougher ascension to make for Elias. So anyway, that was Raw. It's uh, I was glad you changed the poll, because this felt like a very weird show to grade. Mm-hmm. Um, 
but I thought it was a tremendous angle at the end of the show. And, you know, you were, I, I think, really putting the audience, like, in this rare emotional state that you don't typically get in pro wrestling these days, where they were kind of really invested into this because of that Roman Reigns story. And... Mm-hmm being able to to play with those emotions. I, I think it was a really well done change in plans by turning Ambrose tonight, as opposed to waiting when it was quote unquote, just another wrestling show. Yes. So let us go to the forum. I'm very curious what everyone had to say about tonight's show. And uh, Wade, do you want to read the results of the poll? Yeah. So instead of, I think asking, you know, what you thought of raw, I don't think many people would have thought this was a poor edition of raw. And even it feels even just kind of silly to talk about when there's a bigger story involved. So instead I decided to ask everybody, what is your interest level for evolution this Sunday? And on a scale of one to 10, you guys are 6.58 out of 10 excited for evolution. That's that's a pass. That's a solid C, isn't it? I guess so. Um, that's more than your standard edition of Raw. I guess we'll we'll do this poll again to see if uh, the the number is higher or lower. All right, let's read some feedback here. There is quite a bit of it. We'll try to get to as much as we can. Paul from New Jersey. It's a shame to hear about Roman's diagnosis. I'm certainly not his demographic in terms of being a fan, but you never want to see something like this happen to anyone. You would have to be, uh, all right. Um, You'd have to be a horrible person to boo him on this night. I want to care about Bobby Lashley. I've tried week after week. I heard his heel work in TNA was very good, but with what the WWE is doing with him, it's just not translating for me. You're not alone, Paul. I don't think it's working for anybody at the moment. I don't think he has clicked anywhere near. And, you know, he's a heel we didn't even bring up there that you would think he would be in line for a major heel run, but he does not feel hot at all in terms of that heel run. Yeah, And he wasn't as a babyface either. Like, he has just kind of sputtered in this role. I think he kind of hit his highest peak in that Roman Reigns program and pinning him on, I think, the Extreme Rules pay-per-view. But since then, I don't think he's captured anything close to it. And he just seems to be in in kind of a mid-card spot and doesn't seem to be progressing. We got a Tyler from Orlando who says, I was really shocked watching that first segment. I didn't know Roman suffered from this. Honestly, I thought it could be a work until the segment completely ended. And when it did end, I started to think if they did the Dean turn tonight, it would have twice as much heat due to the Roman situation. I thought they would save this match for WrestleMania, but I doubt it goes that far. No other show really feels big enough for that match. I don't, I could not imagine the WWE running a cancer angle with the Susan G. Komen logo in the background as they are shooting such an angle. Not at all. No, not for one second. Chris writes, I wasn't going to watch Raw, but I had to tune in once I saw the Roman story. I'm in the male 18 to 49 demographic, and I'm not supposed to like Roman, but I really have grown to like him. Sad to see him give up the title. I would really hate to see Brock win. I'm hoping Braun wins and Drew immediately goes after it and Dolph enters into more of a heater role. I was confused by them finally pulling the trigger on the Dean heel turn, especially tonight. I hope Renee continues to slyly reference her relationship with him all the way through his heel period. Did you catch the guy at the end yelling, he has every right to turn? Yes. Yeah, I wonder how I wonder how they're they're going to uh, portray Renee in the weeks ahead with all this. Is it just going to be more weeks of I haven't heard from him much lately. He's just, you know, I haven't seen him around. I don't know. What Especially on a show where you flat out acknowledged it. I mean, they have not. I mean, they've acknowledged it in the past, but since coming onto commentary, they've kept it very 
separate. And tonight, you know, in she talking about husband. Roman, fact, you know, yeah. stated it. It's kind of hard to not put Renee into that role now. I I really feel like I mean obviously there's the potential for them to you know use Renee in a way that really heightens the storyline and I'm sure they're thinking of ways that they can do that, um, but they'll have to be somewhat careful and again very creative in, in in how they treat it. How do you have Renee Young continue to call Dean Ambrose matches? Um, yeah, we'll see. Okay, we go to da, da, da. okay. Um, this next person who says, "Wow, one of the most emotional openings on Raw ever. This was different than a retirement opening. This was literally a man fighting for his life. Bill's father died of leukemia 30 years ago, so this really hit home with us. Roman was crying, Seth was crying, Alex was crying. Oh, this is uh okay. This is Bill. Yes, from Bill and Alex. Uh, Alex was crying. Kind of made the rest of the show pretty emotional." But the heel turn by Dean at the end was definitely unexpected. We didn't think they would do that with Roman leaving. Do you think it was planned for tonight even before they knew about Roman? If it was, why not wait one more week? Well, as John mentioned, they from what you hear, it was planned uh, for to happen at least. Uh, if not now, then maybe to, uh, a couple weeks later. Yeah, that's my understanding is that they just moved this up a couple of weeks. Okay. Tonight. Uh, he also uh, asked, also forgot to ask last week, what do you think about the rumors about the Trish and Lita versus Alexa and Mickey match always being planned as a tag match? We heard the only reason they announced Trish versus Alexa. Okay, we had talked about this uh, last week. Yeah, I mean, that was, it was always going to be the tag match. Yeah. Dave from Sydney, really bizarre go-home show for Evolution. Hopefully SmackDown has something in store to get us hyped for the event because at the moment it is feeling pretty flat. Things like Elias turning could have been saved for next week and given some of the women on the roster more of a spotlight. There are some rumors circulating that Bliss could be injured. All right, we addressed those. Um, it's odd she wasn't there for the beatdown for Trish and Lita. Yeah, so we went over that. Um, you know what? To be honest, looking at this women's show, um, what what other programs needed time tonight? Like the big matches on Raw are Ronda and Nikki, which got a great segment. Um, Trish and Lita against Mickey and Alexa. You didn't have Alexa at the show tonight, and I think have... I think that match really suffered, obviously, from not having Alexa there. So I, yeah. I they did about as much as they could, mm-hmm. but beyond they, that, their hands were tied on that yeah. one. And then you had the battle royal and the six woman tag. I mean, it's not like you had much to promote unless you were going to really shine a light on all the women in the battle royal. I mean, I think some spotlight actually on Kyrie Sane versus Shayna Baszler, even in the form of them coming to talk, would be nice. Some spotlight on the Mayon Classic probably would would that's hurt a good call that's whatsoever. Good call. Uh, like by the end of this show, it really does not feel like a pay per view that's coming up on Sunday. It feels like it's I don't know what it feels like. It feels like it's it's a kickoff match, you know, when it comes to like that that battle royal. When it comes to um, eh, you know, not Ronda Nikki really is to me the only hot program that's that's going into this show. On Raw or in general? On Raw, on Raw. That and Charlotte Charlotte and Becky, yes. There is a kickoff show on Sunday. That Battle Royal very well could not be on the main show. Sure, yeah. Which I guess really doesn't matter. Well, I'm looking forward to this next one. Oh, here lucky me. You, lucky you me. Drew it. Every week. Brandon from Nueva Jersey. My dearest Los Bariquas, it's been a fortnight since we last spoke, and I just want to say I've been missed. Alas, I digress, it was a very depressing Raw with the Reigns diagnosis, and at some points of watching, I didn't feel like watching because wrestling became real life. These guys bleed like we do, and it sucks that he got 
a legit fight on his hands. I felt great anger and shame when I heard some fans were booing him while he was addressing the situation, and it made me equally ill. Alas, the show goes on, and from my fa family, we are rooting for a full recovery and wishing Joe Anoa'i the best. Meanderings of a madman. The pulling of the trigger on the Dean turn, I guess, had to be done with the Reigns deal. I loved it. Nobody saw it coming. They are really still going to crown royal. <laughs> crown royal, huh? <laughs> Equally shameful. A, ro a, a tear trickled down my eye watching a young Nate Milton scream, Why, Dean, why? Okay, I missed that. Alexa Alicia Fox looked like Attack of the 50-Foot Woman in that horrible beatdown segment for Evolution. I'm out of here. Peace. I love it when Wei reads my email with his dry wit and diction. Okay. You nailed it. Chris from Central Queensland, Australia. Getting very specific this week. Always sad to see a champion relinquish their title due to an injury, but seeing Roman having to retire due to an illness. Well, he did not retire. He actually made that pretty clear. Um, I'm actually looking forward to Evolution, even knowing that it's part make good to the women for the all-men show in Country Redacted. I'm looking forward to seeing how both the May Young Classic and NXT Championship matches are received by a mostly main roster audience. I'm also interested in seeing if any... NXT UK women can make the card. And yeah, they had announced originally all the titles would be defended. And I think everyone's assuming that the NXT UK women's champion uh, is going to be defending the title. Although it kind of makes no sense when the tournament has not aired yet, why you would reveal the champion on this show. I don't expect it. I don't even know if Vince knows he has a NXT UK women's champion. Uh, Much less who it is. I think it'd be a waste to to just have that match put out there for no reason. I don't. The fact they haven't announced it, I, I don't think that's going to happen. Yeah. Okay. Nor, nor should it. If if you're airing the TV and that tournament's going to be a big focus of the TV. You could have just, her appear in the Battle Royal, I guess, but I wouldn't even do that. Nah. Yeah. I, I wouldn't do it. Okay, we're going to Ahmed from London, England. Hey, guys, this show was this show was ridiculously weak as it has been for a few weeks now before. Uh. Okay, sorry. Uh, one more time. I'm Ed from London. And, hey, guys, this show was ridiculously weak as it has been for a few weeks now. Before I go on, I want to genuinely wish Roman Reigns and his family the best moving forward. He has given his all for this industry and for us fans, and I really hope he can overcome this. Secondly, I find it incredibly frustrating when us UK fans are up till 4 a.m. to watch a consistently diabolical and uneventful Raw. Other than the emotional opening promo and the heel turn at the end, I see no point in tuning in to watch live. I really enjoy the chemistry Ronda and the Bella Twins have, although I feel like the smiling Ronda is becoming more and more annoying by the second. She is so much better when she is in a serious mood. Also, I think we genuinely underestimate how great the Bellas are as heels on the mic. They were great once again. Well, Brie didn't exactly have a whole lot to do, but, but I, I agree Nikki's great. She had to hold, well, the imaginary pads for Nikki. Right. Jalen from Pickering. I was wondering if they were going to change course with the Dean heel turn because of the circumstances tonight, but props to WWE. They made the best out of a terrible situation and genuinely shocked me. With this huge void to fill, I'm very interested to see how they book Ambrose, Rollins, Strowman, and McIntyre between now and Mania. This Evolution show looks incredibly poor for something that should feel a lot bigger. The only matches that interest me are the Mae Young Classic Final and the Last Woman Standing match. I'm shocked and disappointed at how poor the tag feud has been, especially considering the talent and history between them. We go to Jeremy in Texas who says, I was stunned when I heard Roman was diagnosed with leukemia. Stunned even more to learn he had it when he was younger. I'm surprised WWE never told the story with him. Maybe he didn't want it told. But if he's able to come back, how can you ever boo Roman Reigns again? 
Jake from Chicago, it'll be interesting to hear what Renee's commentary will be like the next few months now that Ambrose turned heel. Is she going to have that somewhat tweener attitude, slightly defending Ambrose's actions? What do you guys think? I don't think they're going to adjust Renee at all. She won't be a tweener, no. I think they'll they'll have to have some explanation with Renee, but Renee, I, eh, I can see Renee actually maybe someday being a heel, but I wouldn't do that with her right now. She still has a lot of credibility, and you kind of have to do that thing where you kind of have to balance that with story. Uh, but I expect her to to be against Dean Ambrose's actions. We get an MJ who says, I just watched the Open and I'm pretty shook. We rag on Roman week after week, but the reality is he, like Cena before him, had an impossible job to do and did it to the fullest. He's been so underappreciated, yet the company has thrived and he's been the centerpiece. I wouldn't wish an early retirement or illness on any performer. Sucks when it happens and, it's, and that it's for something like leukemia and not an in-ring injury makes it harder than others. Nick from Vermont. I thought it was going to be another cut-and-paste opening segment from Roman until his first few sentences. My mind quickly thought it was a work, thinking Roman might have refused to go to Crown Jewel, and this was WWE's sick way of writing him off the show. But the news set in as reality. I was shocked with the Dean heel turn. It was more of a surprise because they just won the titles, and Rollins was legitimately in tears earlier when the Shield was hugging as brothers after the news. I felt this Raw was the last chance WWE had to back out of Crown Jewel. Sadly, this Raw proved that they are dedicated to it happening no matter what. I'm also stoked they booked the vacant title on the Crown Jewel show. They are just throwing us even more that they want to showcase the event. I would have saved the title match for Survivor Series. Okay, we got a dubs who says, I can't believe they did what that I can't believe they did that finish with Dean. Really left me sour. It didn't need to be tonight. I thought the tag title switch was a great moment. Felt like maybe the way to move Drew into the Crown Jewel mix with Braun and Lesnar. Also, it would be a great go-home segment after the emotional night. But no, they had to stay on five minutes too long. Mark from Vaughn, I commend Roman for going out there and being able to talk about his condition and show strength in the face of a big fight. I'm sure he's inspiring others to do the same in similar positions and wish him the best. Do you remember any wrestlers in recent memory that had to walk away due to a medical condition at the top of the industry? I don't mean the athletic or occupational related injuries. I'm trying to think of anyone that's uh, walked away from uh, something similar. Um, you know, there, there's wrestlers who have had, I mean, Jushin Liger, when he had, um, when he had cancer. Matt Capitelli. Um, yeah, Matt Capitelli, an- another one as well. Um, but at the top of the industry? like L- at- Liger was pr- pretty up there um, in terms of junior heavyweights at the time in the mid-90s when he was diagnosed. Uh, and came back and he changed his style around and ended up, He's been going 22 years since then. So, Yeah, yeah um, I mean, uh, in wrestling, I'm having a bit of a tough time. Yeah, it's it's typically injuries that take somebody out that, you know, is at their, you know, like a, like a Shawn Michaels in 98, for instance, or uh, so many others. But in terms of, um, you know, uh, a disease or something like that, I, I would have to give it more thought. Yeah. Respond, Ligerson. everybody. Yeah. Let us know. All right, finally, Joe from H-Town says, Heartbreaking stuff. My whole family watched the start. Tears from each of us. As much as my family makes fun of me for watching wrestling, I was surprised to their reaction to Roman. Gross ending. Look, if you really want to pop, just turn Ambrose at the beginning of the show when Rollins got emotional. That would have been just as gross, if not more. Look at the crowd. That was so fucking stupid. Oh, well there. Some did not enjoy it. That was Raw. From Monday night in Providence, Rhode Island. Um, that's going to bring an end to the show. But we have lots coming up this week. 
Wade, do you want to take us through the week at Post Wrestling? Yeah, uh, tomorrow, of course, we have the SmackDown uh, side of this entire uh, uh, weeks of television. Uh, so you'll see, you can continue to see more build up towards Crown Jewel as well as uh, Becky Lynch versus Charlotte's final segments heading into Evolution. Uh, and then we have the double shot on Tuesday night, uh, or sorry, Wednesday afternoon, uh, where this week uh, I'll be giving updates on Total Divas, uh, the latest being the Elite. And John, I believe you had a chance, uh, you covered the uh, NWA 70th anniversary show, which uh, featured Cody versus Nick Aldis for the NWA title. And- yeah. Yeah, I'm going to do, yeah, just some quick highlights from that show. I'll go through it on, on Tuesday. And I will also uh, reveal my Observer Hall of Fame ballot on the double shot. Oh, awesome. Sweet. Yes. And then on Thursday, we have Up Next, where the guys, uh, as uh, before, you know, uh, remember everybody, uh, they reviewed a special edition of uh, a movie review, Up Next movie review. They did Halloween this past week, and they might even continue to do more. So continue to leave your feedback for their shows. Let them know that you enjoy doing all this. All that stuff is free. Just check out Up Next on their own feed or at postwrestling.com. So yes, that's- go subscribe to Up Next. So that's Thursday, and then on Friday, what are we doing? Friday, it's Rewind Away, number 22. And to celebrate number 22, we are going to the choice of Espresso Executive Producer Jerry Kilgore and chatting Battleground 2016, the final pay-per-view before the brand split took effect. Is that the only possible reason why he might have chosen this otherwise completely random show? We are going to grill Jerry on this decision <laughs> of why, of all the shows in the world, we're sitting down and watching Battleground 2016, all three hours and 15 minutes of it, which, in a weird way, he justified it, not by any uh, foresight on his part, but it is headlined by Dean Ambrose versus Seth Rollins versus Roman Reigns for the WWE title. Wow, okay. Well, yeah, I mean, that, that, that has me excited. Interesting. Could, well, couldn't be more timely. Yeah. So maybe maybe Cherry's into some weird hmm. uh, foresight that he was able to um, make it timely. Because he would have chosen this months ago, not like before. Oh, yeah, he, he didn't choose there. this recently. This yeah. was a choice months in the making for Jerry. Yeah. So that is coming up on Friday. Saturday, New Eggshells, 2007, with Alan Forel. Alan Cunahan from the Pro Wrestling Torch site. It's always fun listening to Alan. Uh, Eggshells has been super entertaining. Uh, Striga was on this past week, chatting 2006. So 2007, which marks the first Wrestle Kingdom event under that name. Uh, Very exciting, yes. Stay tuned. Maybe you'll even see uh, John and I pop back on that one. Oh, maybe. And then Sunday night, it is the Evolution Post Show with Waiting and myself. We will have the podcast up. Uh, Late that night, it will be free for everybody. If you want to uh, live stream our podcast and watch immediately after Evolution, uh, if you are a Double Double, Ice Cap, or Espresso member, uh, you will receive a link right after the show. You can log in and you can watch us record the show live. And they're a lot of fun when we do these live streams because we stick around afterwards, answer questions from anyone in the chat room, and that will be going down Sunday. Yeah, and if we screw anything up during the actual review itself, you can tell us right away. It's a lot of fun. So that is it for us. Uh, you can go to postwrestling.com or postwrestlingcafe.com. I go to both every day. Yeah. And before before we go, John, we oh. should uh, mention one more time uh, in uh, on November 2nd for our Crown Jewel review. If you haven't yes, heard yes, yet, yes. 
Uh, John and I are planning on a charity live stream of the actual show itself. So what that means is uh, right after Crown Jewel or sometime uh, immediately following Crown Jewel uh, on Friday afternoon here in uh, uh, the Eastern time zone, we will be uh, on YouTube or wherever doing a live post show. And we have said that for every minute that the post show goes on, we will donate $5 to the Committee to Protect Journalists. Uh, this is a, uh, a charity um, that people can find at cpj.org, I believe. Yes. And uh, yeah, so we've decided to do that. Um, in, in addition to talking about, I think, the actual pay-per-view, uh, John has lined up a great deal of guests for um, to illuminate basically our audience and ourselves on, on this very, very important and big topic. Yes, looking forward to it. Uh, we'll probably announce some guests over the over the next week or so that will be joining us. But yes, uh, looking forward to many people uh, joining us as we can uh, see how long we can make this show. So looking forward to that a week from Friday. Uh, we'll be discussing that. And finally, as well, we do have our Facebook contest that is going on. If you go to I Facebook. I totally forgot about this. Yes, uh, it is in the back of everyone's mind. The Halloween costume contest. Go to facebook.com slash post wrestling and post any wrestling related Halloween costumes, past, present or future photos. Uh, you can go post there. The winner will be announced on next week's show and we'll be walking away with our final copy of creating the mania by John Robinson uh, from our friends at ECW press. So go post your Halloween costumes. We'll go through them and choose a winner next week. How do I, uh, I'm trying to look at the uh, submission so far. Um, on Facebook. How do I do I, that? I don't know. Facebook might have hacked it already and sent them to the Russians. Okay, I'll go to posts. Oh, Facebook. Okay. Well, maybe maybe the contest will be way trying to find your photos. No, well. no, no. I see it. You go to posts and then you go to visitors posts. Oh, my oh, okay. God. This is so cool. Wow. Awesome. We've already got entries. So A little baby Nakamura. Oh, that's going to be tough to beat. A Maybe few McFoley's, a few Mankind's. Okay. Well, I look forward to these, uh, checking them out next week. So go post them, facebook.com slash post wrestling. Uh, we appreciate all your submissions. Uh, Tuesday night, we're back with Rewind to SmackDown. We will speak with you then. All the latest news, we'll go through that at the top, and then also preview the Evolution pay-per-view. Good night. <laughs>